You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Hello, America, and happy Thursday, a busy, newsy Thursday today. Welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. We've got the show of shows for you. Buckle your seatbelt. Great debate ahead. I'm going to go back, break some news, but we're going to get right to the interviews first so that you don't get cheated out. Two extraordinary conversations back to back in just a few seconds after these commercial messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, 
and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, amac.us slash just news. That's amac.us forward slash just news. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As you know, this incredible nation is blessed with lots of beautiful lands, much of it under the federal government's control. The Bureau of Land Management manages well over a quarter billion acres of federal public lands. And for most of our great history, it's been used for recreation. It's been used for preservation. It's been used for energy creation, mining, timber, grazing. But as we get further into the Biden administration, we're learning of efforts to try to constrain the use of public lands so that they can't be used for energy production or mining production. Timber has sort of been lost over the years as a public land option. Grazing and ranching, of course, are still very active. A lot going on by the Biden administration to constrain that. Our next guest knows a lot about this. She works for the amazing Western Energy Alliance, and her name is Kathleen Scalma. She meets us now. Kathleen uh, greets us now. Kathleen, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on, John. You do amazing work. You have an enormous opportunity to talk to Congress, to talk to our regulators, to talk to the state officials. In fact, next week, I think you're testifying in front of Congress. A lot of concern in the recent months that the Biden administration is going to, on its own, without Congress, change the concept of the Federal Land Policy and Management Act so that energy and ranching really can't occur on public lands. Am I reading that right? I think that's right, indeed. You know, The Bureau of Land Management manages lands for what's called multiple use and sustained yield. They manage it for in recognition that the nation has the need for food, fuel, and fiber, that we have vast working landscapes that are non-park, non-wilderness public lands that are put to productive use that contribute to the wealth of the country and provide people with the food, fuel, and fiber that they need. So, um, for example... We have 112 million acres of wilderness in the United States. We have 85 million acres of national parks, 58 and a half million acres of roadless rules, uh, roadless areas in national forests, 95 million acres of wildlife refuges, and BLM itself manages 39 million acres in the landscape conservation system. So we've set aside huge amounts of land for conservation and recreation. About 40% of the lands in the United States are either federally or state or local government managed. So we protect a lot of land in the United States. But we also have what's what's called this multiple-use land. And BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, is supposed to manage it so that there is, for for example, oil and natural gas production, grazing, mining that is done on those lands where it's appropriate and done in an environmentally protective manner. So that's been the balance for about 50 years now. BLM right now has proposed a rule that would upset that balance, that would make them into an agency kind of like the National Park Service, which is a conservation-only mission. 
So BLM wants to become like the National Park Service and basically make it very difficult, if not impossible, to develop that food, fuel, and fiber. We're not talking about a minor change here. This would be a really significant shift in the focus of the BLM and really affect both energy production and food production, the food chain, by which, by the way, is already under some duress right now. How big a shift compared to the last 50 years of American policy? Well, Congress established the Federal Land Policy and Management Act specifically to satisfy the needs of American people. Um, and, and, and again, conservation is part of that. You know, it, BLM protects the lands to make sure that they're managed um, without undue impact on them. But, um, you know, BLM is not the the National Park Service. It is not supposed to just say no to all projects. And the way they have stretched the meaning of FLIPMA or the Federal Land Policy and Management Act would be such that it would be nearly impossible to do anything but conservation on these non-park, non-wilderness working landscapes. And they're Primarily in the West, the vast majority of BLM lands is in the West. Uh, BLM controls 245 million acres, um, so and and that's almost all in the West. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty remarkable. There is a larger paradigm, I guess, that the Biden administration isn't even shy about acknowledging anymore. For a while, they did, but now they're pretty much they do want to end fossil fuels, uh, traditional fuels in America. Uh, is this part of that, you think, at the end of the day, it certainly contributes to that larger goal, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's part of this whole of government approach. Every agency is in on the act of either defunding the oil and natural gas industry or in the case of BLM, just saying, you know, we, we, we you can't really do your project here like you could in the past, or we're not going to lease like we did in the past because we're just going to protect the land. So they have stretched the meaning of what Congress meant in FLIPMA to such an extent that I do think it runs afoul of their, it's well beyond their authority. And uh, it's something that I think is interesting is the Supreme Court has really been looking at this major questions. And it's, it's, all, it's been saying in several cases now that the, the federal government can't extend beyond its, uh, its, real, uh, its authority granted by Congress. But it, that doesn't seem to have slowed the Biden administration at all. They keep pushing novel interpretations of laws to give the federal government more and more power. Yeah, they, they got slapped down by the Supreme Court on the clean power rule. Then they came back, got slapped down on the WOTUS, waters of the United States. And still, they seem to want to press ahead uh, with authority that Congress didn't give them. Um, how significant a battle lies ahead? Now, I get a sense. I've talked to a lot of members of Congress recently. There seems to be uh, quite a few Republicans and, and some Democrats that both have some concerns about where this BLM rule is headed. Yeah, I think so. I think the moderate uh, senators are starting to feel some uh, election pressure. Um, but, you know, things like the WOTUS, uh, overturning of the WOTUS that happened, I'm sorry, the waters of the U.S., um, Congress did under overturn a rule, and then the president just vetoed it. Um, obviously, the Supreme Court ruling mooted all that out. But I think they will go forward and continue to do this. Um, daring Congress to overturn it and knowing that the president is just going to sign it. But what's going to happen is um, a lot of groups, perhaps Western Energy Alliance, we have to see what comes out with the final rule, but ranching groups, others may sue like we've done in the past. Um, so, you know, there's always the courts. And the fact that the Supreme Court has 
continue to look at cases that limit the federal government government's power makes me hopeful about this uh, about this rule that there you do see a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, I think that the, the clearly the legal precedent is getting so much more precise and, and powerful and sweeping that at some point the regulators are going to realize they're not even going to get one hearing before they're struck down if they keep going down this path of overreaching. Um, in the balance of uh, trying to keep America clean, which I know even all of our energy companies are, in fact, America is the cleanest energy producing nation in the world by a mile. Um, what, uh, how big a shock would it be if they began, if energy protection began to be squeezed off of our public lands? And if so, what happens to consumers? Because at the end of the day, what happens, uh, to the energy producers always gets passed down to the consumers. So this actually is a pocketbook issue for everyday Americans, isn't it? I believe so. When, when you see all of these policies that are meant to, in, the end goal is energy scarcity, right? If we can't produce it in the United States, we have to import it from somewhere else. So um, we get about 10% of our oil and natural gas from BLM lands, from onshore oil and gas production. That is federal. So that might not sound like a lot, but if you take away 10% of our production, it starts to add up. Yep. Yeah, that gets filled in the marketplace in a, in a big way. In fact, there's a study that has shown that um, but for Biden administration policies, United States producers would be producing about two to three million more barrels of oil a day. And oh boy, that would bring down uh, global prices significantly. And glo- the global price of oil is the price, is largely what makes up your price at the pump. Yeah, no, pretty remarkable. Really, really, really remarkable. Um, as you look out at the landscape right now, obviously Saudi Arabia is going to tighten up production uh, in a, an effort to boost up prices. Uh, we've become more dependent on foreign oil the last two years compared to where we were at the beginning of 2021 before Joe Biden took over. Um, what does your outlook uh, look like in terms of global uh, energy supply and prices and what things are encouraging or discouraging on the U.S. front? Well, I think what's always encouraging, and I think your listeners should keep in mind, that the American producer is pretty darn resilient. Uh, The Obama administration had tried to put us out of business, and what happened? Uh, We underwent the shale revolution, and we increased production, became the number one producer of oil in the world, and then we even became a net exporter under President Trump. So despite bad federal policies, we still continue to produce. We continue to respond to prices in the marketplace. They haven't shut down. You know, we're still a capitalistic country. And so we do respond to any kind of shortages. And that's why people's um, gasoline prices have come down this summer compared to last, right? Um, So that doesn't mean, I mean, we'd like to do more. We would like to produce more so that um, we can continue to bring prices down to where they were at the start of the Biden administration. Um, but, you know, it, we have to be vigilant constantly when we hear about these policies in the name of climate change that are supposed to shut down oil and gas here. Well, we don't have an alternative that does everything that oil and natural gas do. So if we don't produce it here, we have to bring it in from overseas. Um, we have higher global prices because the American producer isn't as able to uh, feed into that international system. So, you know, that's why we have to be vigilant. But I, I do have faith in the American producer 
And I also have faith in the American people, because when they see the federal government trying to tell them, well, you can't have a gas stove, you can't drive a car, you have to use an EV, um, people eventually say, wait, you're telling me what to do? And so there is a backlash, both by voters and by consumers. Yeah, yeah, really, really significant. Uh, as we look out over um, the next uh, few years, there's a lot of balancing going on. Uh, obviously, the grid's not ready for electric vehicles. California's not ready to even meet its own load anymore. It used to be able to meet all its energy load. Now it's importing stuff from Russia and it's buying energy from other states because it can't meet that. Has Have we reached a moment where uh, good intentions and reality have met now and, and the, some of the transitions we've made are being recognized to be way premature? Absolutely. Reality is setting in. So it was pretty funny when California announced its big no more uh, internal combustion engine cars after 2030. Um, that the ne- A couple days later, the electric grid operator said, oh, but you can't charge your EV during the day because we don't have enough juice. Um, even Europe, which is arguably 15 years ahead of us as far as these bad so-called climate change policies. Even Europe has backed off on its EV mandate because it's just not realistic. The grid can't handle the load. Um, Right now, we get 97% of our transportation comes from oil. Our grid cannot handle taking all of that 97% that's now handled by oil and putting it all onto the grid. It's just not there. Our grid would have to be many orders of magnitude larger than it is today. And woe to anybody trying to uh, permit transmission lines to get that electricity, you know, up. So it's just not realistic. And that's another reason I'm always optimistic is reality does eventually win. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It does. It's it's funny. And, and we're, we're a country uh, where market forces ultimately wake us up. Even if someone has a roadmap or some uh, idea of it is market forces will always bring reality to the forefront. And I think that seems to be the moment we are in. Uh, there's always this great um, misconception, and it's often pervaded by people in my profession, that uh, there's just big oil, right? There's all these giant big oil and gas companies, and they're the big villains, and they're big, and they don't care. But the vast majority of America's producers are really mid-size, small to mid-size uh, employers and companies. Isn't that right? Absolutely. About over 60% of the wells drilled in the United States are by independent companies, um, the majority of which have about 14 employees. So there are thousands of companies involved in all aspects of oil and natural gas production. And, you know, we all know the big ones, but um, Western Energy Alliance, for example, well, we represent little oil. We're we're representing the small producer. And we're kind of like a farmer, right? Farmers, you know, most of you, there are some large corporate farms, but they're all different farms. And together, our food comes together. It's not just one entity. Same thing with oil and natural gas. You'll have a small company with that runs 20 wells, um, but they all combine with many other, many thousands of other companies. And together we're, you know, the number one producer in the world. Yeah, it's amazing to watch. It's an amazing ecosystem and uh, it's unlike anything in the world. There's nothing like the energy system that, that has been built here in the United States. Uh, and also from a, from a clean, you know, cleanness or, or a clean energy standpoint, natural gas has been the driving force over the last uh, decade for reductions of carbon emissions in the America. Moving from coal to natural gas has had a profound effect. And yet, 
uh, there seems to be a rush to get rid of natural gas before there's a legitimate replacement to make up those, not only the energy load, but also the reduction in carbon. Uh, is that going to change? Do you think Democrats are going to are beginning to adjust their dial a little bit like, we can't get rid of natural gas. It's actually helping us right now. Well, there are moderate Democrats who get it. Um, there are Texas congressmen who get it. There's the Joe Mansions of the world. Um, not many of them, right? But They're there far are fewer some. between. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, so I, I, I'm always optimistic. I think, you know, Americans will, will do the wrong thing for, until we need to do the right thing. So, you know, <laughs> we'll muddle through it. But in the meantime, we're wasting hundreds of billions of taxpayer dollars on so-called solutions for climate change that just don't work. We're following the model of Germany, which spent over $500 billion on wind and solar. And you know what happened? Their greenhouse gas emissions went up. Their coal usage went up. Uh, You know, it's just you need reliable energy and intermittent wind and solar have to be backed up by natural gas. So the ideologues who don't like natural gas, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, it's it's amazing to watch. And, and uh, it's becoming, I mean, California obviously is ground zero. And just watching California with the rolling brownouts, the, the begging their neighbors to send them energy. Uh, they buy Russian oil. That's not the, that's not clean oil. So that's not good. And they even fire up diesel generators when they run low on, on power at the, at the power plants. And you go, wait a second. That doesn't seem like a very efficient way to go. Oh, it's the worst, most polluting way to generate electricity. Yeah. It's crazy to watch. It really is. When you go before Congress uh, this week, what's the message you want lawmakers to hear? What's the most important thing that voters can tell their lawmakers uh, about this issue that is, is about to hit us head on? Well, we conserve hundreds of millions of acres of public lands, and we rightly should. We have wilderness areas. We have parks. But there are the non-park, non-wilderness areas, vast amounts of public lands all across the West where you could go and visit and you'd look around and go, yeah, I I don't want to hike here. But we do, we put those lands to productive uses to feed the country and to create energy and minerals. Um, And so we want to make sure that the uh, Bureau of Land Management through this rule doesn't push itself into becoming a conservation only um, agency, but that it continues its multiple use mission so that we can continue to provide this nation with the food, fuel, and fiber that we need. Yeah, as one member of Congress said to me about this upcoming here, don't fix what isn't broken. We don't need to mess with something that's actually working right now. And it does seem like we're headed in that direction with the Biden administration. Hopefully Congress will will intervene. And Congress can actually do something here to to make this, uh, uh, rectify this, right? I guess the act, the call to action would be, hey, clarify this and don't let the don't let the administration do this. And that can be done in the budget process as a writer, right? That's right. In fact, this is a legislative hearing about a bill from John Curtis and Utah, which is meant to just defund this rule so that it can't go forward. That's a, the power of the purse is a powerful tool for Republicans right now, even though there's split government. There's nothing like the power of the purse. Uh, this is uh, really amazing stuff, folks. Uh, Kathleen, what's the best way? I mean, Western Energy Alliance is such an enormous resource for us. We keep an eye on it all the time with all of our great um, energy coverage that we do with Addison and others. How do people stay in touch with the good work you do if they want to get up to speed on a lot of these big issues? What's the best way to do that? Well, we're on Twitter at, at Western Energy One, or our website is westernenergyalliance.org. 
pretty easy to remember. It's a bookmark that site, folks. Anyone who knows about the country knows that energy security is national security and energy security is economic security. And I can tell you from our own reporting that we rely often on the great information that comes out of Western Energy Alliance. So go to westernenergyalliance.org today and check it out. Kathleen, this was a great conversation. We're all going to be watching your big testimony later in the week. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much, John. I really appreciate it. Yeah, great honor to have you on. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house-stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited for this next conversation because there is a phenomenon going on that we have not seen ever before. Unlike former Republican President Richard Nixon, who saw his approval rating tumble to record lows by the time he resigned from office. We're going to talk about that in a moment. The exact opposite is happening with the 45th president, Donald Trump. And although he is no longer in the White House, you would assume that maybe some registered Republican voters would abandon him along his campaign trail for re-election, especially with how big the GOP primary has grown in size. But that's not the case at all. That ain't happening. It seems as if something much bigger is going on here. And our next guest is here to help us make sense of it all. Scott Rasmussen is without a doubt one of the nation's top pollsters and best researchers. And he joins us now. Scott, it's such an honor to have you back on with us today after such a historic and eventful day yesterday. Welcome back to the show, sir. Amanda, it's great to be with you. You know, when you make that comparison, I think it's really hard for us to realize how much the world has changed. Uh, you know, back in the late 60s, there were some discussions. The survey research was done asking people how they first heard about Pearl Harbor. And at that time, a lot of people said, oh, they remember watching it on TV. But the reality is, TV wasn't around when Pearl Harbor happened. People had just gotten so used to the new world, that's the way they responded. And we tend to think of what happened at earlier times is just like now with the social media and all the different outlets. Uh, that wasn't the case in the Nixon era. Wow, isn't that amazing? That's got to be some form of the Mandela effect that people remember it that way. 
Um, and yep. just to reiterate this to our to our audience, that was the first term. Second term for Nixon was inauguration seventy three. Um, and his approval rating was, I think, at 68 percent. Then, of course, scandal struck and it dropped down to 48 percent. But you're right. I mean, this is a new era in so many different ways, politically, technologically. And people are watching what is happening to President Trump in real time. And at the same time, you've got corruption being exposed at practically every level and in every department of government. I would assume that that's got a lot to do with it as well. It, it does. Uh, again, let's start with a simple difference. In the 1970s, when Richard Nixon gave a nationally televised speech, more than half of America watched. Why? Because every other television show went off the air. There was no rebuttal by the opposition side. That was the good news if you were the president. The bad news was everybody watched the Watergate hearings. Everybody heard about the tapes at the same time Congress did. But with President Trump, we're in a different world. People are getting different sources of information, lots of different networks, lots of different social media outlets. There is no centrally trusted authority, and there are lots of different versions of events. So right now what we're seeing is a world where President Trump is indicted and the the opposing sides of the political world look at it and see entirely different things. Why? because they've been looking at the world differently for the last several years. To Democrats, this is just proof that all they've been saying is true all along. And how can you cast doubt on the Department of Justice? They're the paragons of virtue. Republicans are saying, what are you talking about? Don't you remember Hillary Clinton? These different things that went on. So we we have these alternative worldviews. I would say that there's a couple of things going on in the immediate short term. Number one, President Trump has gotten a boost in his approval ratings or in his polling lead in the primaries. A lot of that is rally around the flag type of effect. You know, uh, people can say he's part of our family. He, even people who are skeptical are saying it's really not fair what they're doing to him. So that's a, a short-term boost. We do not know how long that will last. And I do. And every time I go on any forum these days, I remind people that early presidential polls are almost meaningless. Uh, in 2015, you know, around the time President Trump was coming down that escalator, Jeb Bush was leading the primary polls on the Republican side. Eight years before that, it was Rudy Giuliani was going to be the nominee against uh, Hillary Clinton rather than Obama and McCain. So these early polls are reflecting what's going on now. They're not necessarily reflective of what will happen when the voting begins. Yeah, I think it was actually you, maybe not last year, maybe it was for a different election cycle and it wasn't even me interviewing you, but but wise words because you once said that polls this early uh, are not t- intended to gauge what's happening. They are intended to sway. Do you think that's true? Absolutely true. Uh, you know, there's yeah. and, and part of the problem. Let's be real clear about this. People in the political world think everybody is already obsessed about the next presidential election because they are. Most Americans are not thinking about it. They're not engaged in the way we would expect them to be. We've got a poll in the field right now uh, asking about people whether the debt ceiling agreement has been reached. And while the numbers aren't final yet. It looks like fewer than half even know that that debt ceiling agreement happened. Why? Because that was a political insider deal. President Trump, obviously, much more visible. 
but still people aren't aren't sitting around thinking what's going to happen in Iowa and what's going to happen when the vote comes to me. I have to say, I almost envy those people who don't know that. That that has got to be a much happier existence, not being in in, in all the weeds. I wanted to show you a clip uh, of Hillary Clinton. She just keeps popping up, and she had uh, some remarks about people who have doubled down and very much still do support President Trump. Take a listen. This could have been the break. This could have been the opportunity to say, you know, uh, thank you so much for everything you've done for us. We really appreciate it, you know, but this is kind of uh, serious. And so we're not going to, you know, continue to defend you. But no, they're all in again. That's what the psychology of this is so hard for me to fully grasp. I don't remember her making the same argument when she was smashing cell phones and servers and deleting emails. Yeah, you know, that was a different world. Uh, look, she says it's hard. It's hard for her to believe that people aren't changing their mind. Well, you know what? A majority of Democratic voters to this day believe that Hillary Clinton was the legitimate winner of the 2016 election. Uh, people have those beliefs. They're not going to change. And they're certainly not going to change, you know, overnight because of one indictment. Um, I think what's happening right now, there's actually probably three different groups of public opinion uh, in relating to this indictment. Uh, it's not quite the two-tier discussion we're hearing. There are some people who absolutely, like Hillary Clinton, say, I can't believe how anybody could support this man afterwards. But of course, Hillary Clinton could never have supported him before. There are other people who are saying, because of what the Department of Justice is doing, I'm going to support him no matter what. Uh, this is obviously a double standard. There's a middle group of people who can say there's some serious allegations in this. We don't know if they're true, but they're serious allegations. Some may or may not be legal uh, peril for the president. Some may just be evidence of some uh, lack of discipline or some sloppiness. It's quite possible to believe there are serious charges in there and that there is a double standard taking place. And the more people that end up in that uh, category, the harder it's going to be for a clear break in either direction. Scott, I want to ask you, I know that when the special elections for those Senate seats in Georgia were happening, you were polling on that. So drawing on that knowledge, um, most voters expect that cheating will affect the 2024 outcome. 54% said that it would be likely. 40% said that they thought it would be very likely. I remember these same issues going into those Senate elections and a lot of pollsters, I can't remember if you were one of them, said that it was because, you know, it suppressed turnout because people had no faith in it. Is that something that we're going to be bumping up to as a concern next year? That did happen in Georgia. There is no doubt that some Republicans stayed home partly because of President Trump's response and partly because of a lack of faith in the system. So that has happened. Uh, you got to remember that was a very, very close election. Uh, could it happen again? Of course. Uh, I think what's more likely to happen is there's going to be an explosion of interest on both sides out of a sense of, uh, you know, we have to win more than by more than the margin of cheating type of mindset. Uh, right. And we're likely to have an all time record turnout in the 2024 election cycle. And again, we're yeah. looking a year and a half down the road. A lot can happen between now and then. But assuming the election stays somewhat competitive, I would expect the turnout will be up to levels we've never seen before. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, thanks for joining us. If you want to get a copy of my new children's book, Hidden Headlines, which teaches the dangers of censorship, and why the First Amendment was first to our founding fathers, why we need to restore it to being first, go to bravebooks.us right now, bravebooks.us. You'll get my book free if you sign up for the subscription book club. If not, you can buy my book a la carte. All of them, very important discussion. My son's hamster chunk, an inquiring dog named Seymour Clues, a detective. They pair together to solve a major censorship issue, keeping the Hamster Headlines newspaper from getting to the Hamster Village. The tubes in the village are clogged. Yep, that's the allegory for social media censorship. Go check out that book. It's a great way to teach your children, grandchildren, nephews and nieces the importance of free speech, maybe something that their educators aren't doing for them. And of course, go support all the advertisers and sponsors and partners of Just the News, Clear Path, Heritage Action for America, Birch Gold Group, who's been such an extraordinary anchor in our community for a long time. They all have great products, great services, great values that align with your values as someone who cares about the future of this great country. Go check them out today. Most of them have a Just News code you can use to save money, and that's a special offer. AMAC, of course, too. Association of Mature American Citizens. You heard Bobby Charles yesterday. That was a great interview. You can join a five-year membership, get huge discounts on things you buy, services you get. And, of course, you get a lot of trustworthy news and information and opportunities for civic engagement, a grassroots army trying to make America a better place in a moment of great peril to this constitutional republic. So go check them all out. Brave Books, all the way through to AMAC, Birch Gold, and so many others that have been so good to us. Now, one reminder, a lot of people say, hey, John, do you have an app at the Just the News? And the answer is, we sure do. Not only do we have an app, it's in the Apple Store. It's also in the Android Store. It allows you to take the Just the News experience and go in three different ways. You can watch our videos and television shows. You can listen to this podcast and many others like it, like Victor Davis Hanson. Or you can read the stories that we do a day, 50, 60, 70 stories a day of the breaking news, investigative reporting, accountability reporting. Go to the iOS app store or the Android store today. Download the Just the News app. Read, watch, listen. Three great ways to experience the Just the News content and to join the Just the News family. And if you really want to get involved with the family and say, hey, I want to support your investigative reporting, John Solomon. I want to support the great reporters and the producers and the bookers and everybody that works to make the Just the News experience possible. You can do something really inexpensive that makes a big difference. All you got to do is join the Just the News VIP Club. That's right. What do you get for the VIP Club? First off, 
ad-free experience on the website and on your newsletters. No ads, no dancing videos, no autoplay videos. An ad-free experience on Just the News 24-7. Plus, once a month, you get to hang out with me at justthenews.com. We have a town hall. I sit and answer your questions for an hour. We talk about issues you care about. We cover topics that the other media aren't covering. It's an incredible experience to join the family the immediate family of the Just the News team. Great opportunity. Sometimes we bring in our reporters. It's always a delightful time. If you want to get involved in that, go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. Justthenews.com slash subscribe. Quick way to get into the club. It's $4.99 a month, $44.99 a year. Great way to support our journalism, make a difference, and get an enormous benefit yourself. So go check it out today. All right, folks, that wraps up John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great night. God bless this great country of the United States. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.